You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm, not getting in, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all-star. All right, everybody, it is Thursday night, January 18th, 2024. You are listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com, where we remind you and encourage you to always use your head. I'm going to go around the room here like I always do and introduce this cast of characters here, starting first from the Rob the Genius Podcast. He is the Minister of Truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, He's the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. He's Ray Cash's daddy and the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob. How you doing up there, buddy? How's the weather? You cold? Uh, it, it, it's definitely cold. We, we got some snow earlier this week. We're getting some more overnight here tonight. And so yeah, it's fun times. <laughs> All got, right. I had a bunch of snow days this week, too. So. Oh, boy. They, they, were the kids out of school? Uh, they were out Tuesday and Wednesday because of snow. They went to school today. And they've already and they already called it for tomorrow. So, how much snow do you guys have to get for them to call the day? Um, not much, like two or three inches. Well, and it also depends on when it happens, right? Ah. So, like tonight, it's hap- It's going to happen overnight, so it's still going to be snowing in the morning, and there's no way you're going to get buses out there and all of that, you know? Yeah. Tomorrow morning, while you know, while and then so. But now, like, say, if it, if, it, if it were to snow on Saturday, and then, like, Saturday, if it were to snow Saturday morning, and then no more the rest of the weekend, and they had everything clear by Monday, then it could be 10 inches, and they'd probably still go. But, okay. Um, it's so just, it's, it's more not, timing than the amount of snow. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, okay. or, yeah, so if it, you know, like, just happening overnight this time, if it were to happen during the day, 
they would probably go ahead and call it because you do not want, you know, buses going home in the middle of a snowstorm. That gotcha. That happened when I was in middle school once. Oh and wow! It was yeah, a buddy of mine got. Um, well, the, first they tried to they tried to get through, you know just get through the day. Then they ended up like cutting it short, and but then it was too late, and the snow was already coming down, and there were just buses getting stranded in the snow. There were buses. Oh dropping, wow! You know, dropping kids off of, like a mile away, and they had to walk kids and um, and it was just a disaster. So from that moment forward, from that day forward in PG County, they they didn't play around anymore. Um, they they started calling it early, and you know they do that most of the time in Mar- most of the places in Maryland. Yeah, um, that's probably smart. You know, the kids' safety is important above and beyond all else. Yeah. So. All right. Well, hailing from the purple haze in cloud nine, I'm trying to catch him in between bites of food. He is Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, sir, how are you doing? How's the weather there? Uh, we're just getting over our snow. Um, and then uh, do we have more coming? Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah, we're getting the same stuff Rob is probably. Um, I don't know how bad it's going to be because I don't even pay attention to the weather. It's two in, oh, two to three inches. We'll be fine. Uh, so yeah, uh, but we did get whacked in the last one. Um, and the roads and stuff are still icy and terrible. Well, at least the back roads and stuff like that, the neighborhoods. Um, and obviously all my wife's running paths are just miserable. So she, it's so much so that she reactivated her gym membership. So yeah, but there and hit the treadmill happy to report. Man. Happy, happy to report. Oh, no, she did the virtual spin gimmick where it locks you in for 30 minutes and does the Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, but happy to report that uh, it, the day may come when I go through bar- that barbershop window, but it is not this day because this guy got just got done having a few chicken nuggets, so I'm his best pal right now. Yeah, I saw that. Jason was eating chicken nuggets. Like, okay, one for me, one for you. Two for me, one, two for you. You know, <laughs> he, he had to pay the piper, so to speak. <laughs> oh yeah, the, you had the to pay the tax, tax sir. Yeah, I was gonna say the the puppy tax and the cheese tax in particular is a real thing, and you must pay, or yeah. the collector will come. <laughs> you got you got to keep your state. You got to keep your space in the hierarchy, there, pal. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm happy where I am. I don't want to move up anymore. Uh, as long as I'm not moving down, I'm happy. Hey, there you go. Yeah, it's. Uh, they say it's lonely at the top. You don't want to be at the top, trust me. <laughs> and I am the man with the award-winning and holy beard, not residing in a state uh, that's expecting snow. Uh, you know, we're, we were warm and balmy down here in Florida. That being said, we've had a ton of rain over the last two weeks. Like, like I mean, like a lot of unseasonable rain. Uh, we do the Brevard Ren Festival here Every year, we get season passes every year. It's five weekends, and every year, the weather's usually seasonably warm to pretty cold for a couple of days. You know, it's depending on what you're wearing, but we have had rain, 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 and the venue where it's at, we didn't go last weekend at all. The reason being, the first weekend it started, the weekend it opened, it rained for like four or five days straight, and the venue was either half underwater or like calf-deep mud everywhere. We went, we walked around for a couple hours, we had some food, we watched a show. Uh, you know, we dress up in costume when we go, so we dressed up. Um, and we just, after about three hours, we had a couple drinks, and we walked around, looked around. I'm like, you know what, I'm tired of trekking through the mud. My boots are destroyed. Um, thankfully, they're my cheaper boots, so I'm not too worried about that. 
But then the following weekend, it just kept on raining. And I looked at Tina. I'm like, you know what? It's supposed to rain all day today. And it did. This was on Saturday. And then Sunday, I'm like, that place is going to be even more soggy now than it was the weekend before. I'm like, we're not leaving a house. So <clears throat> we're hoping to go this weekend, but they are expecting, uh, actually, we're expecting rain here in about another hour. And then it's supposed to rain again tomorrow. So we'll probably go this weekend, but I feel horrible for the vendors because they're not going to make any money. Um, you know, not like they would, because usually that place turns out. Like they've had to expand the weekends for like, two or three consecutive years when we first started going, it was a three weekend festival. And then one year it turned into a four. And then immediately the next year they had five consecutive weekends. They were that busy. So I feel bad for the vendors. Uh, they're going to lose out on a lot of money and a lot of business this year just because of the weather, but that's Florida. It can go one of two ways. It can either be awesome or it can be crap. Anywho, we didn't come here to talk to you about the weather. We came here to talk some wrestling, and tonight we've got a few things we're going to talk about. We're also going to do a watch-along. Uh, we're going to start off the night talking about the PWI 2023 award winners as voted by the PWI readers. Rob picked that issue up. I think I'm going to kick this over to Rob in just a moment. At the tail end of this episode, we're going to take a little commercial break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to do a watch-along. We haven't done a watch along in a while, and uh, we're going a little bit old school. We're going almost all the way back to the beginning, and depending on what your your belief is, this is the match that literally started everything that we watch on pro wrestling TV today, WrestleMania three, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. We are going to watch that. We are going to break it down. We're going to talk about, you know, and, and this will probably be heavily dominated by Rob and I because we lived through it. Jason was a zygote. Um, so <laughs> we're, we're going to break that down. We're going to have some fun here tonight. Let's get into this show here. But before we do, I want to invite you to go over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. From there, you can browse, peruse, look at, check out the t-shirts that are available from your favorite chair shot radio network podcast, including this podcast, the mindless wrestling podcast. Go check those out. Pick one up. Pick one up in soft style. Your body will thank you. The starving artists here on this podcast and the rest on the chair shot will thank you. That's prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Now I'm going to kick things over here to Rob. Rob picked up the magazine, picked up the book. He's got the list. Rob, the floor is yours. All right. So there are several of these awards. Uh, some, the you know, there isn't really a whole lot of conversation to have. Um like rookie of the year, and this is this is voted on by readers, by the way. Okay, I was gonna say, is this like the PWI thing, or are we talking strictly kayfabe, or is this shoot Mark? This is reader it's generated. A, this is reader generated. Okay, so this so, is this is Mark stuff, right? Yeah. So basically, um, as voted by the as voted by the marks. Yeah. So this, um, and so you know, in this case. You know, some people probably voted based on kayfabe. Some people just voted on who they liked. Right. Uh, it's a mix We're of all both. over the place. Yeah. And so, um, rookie of the year uh, was Saul Ruka. Um, to be honest, there weren't there weren't a whole lot of choices here. Um, so, and she got twenty nine percent of the vote. So it's almost like you know, I think it's just. People who liked her voted for her, and you know, <laughs> she happened to get more. Let, let's party. kick that around a little bit, Rob, because we did talk about that in the kickoff show. Yeah. Um, what exactly denotes a rookie? Because you know, we can we can look at people 
let's just strictly talk NXT. Let's, you know, skip AEW and anybody else who may have first year, second year wrestlers on their shows. Let's just look at NXT. Rob made a point in the kickoff show here um, that NXT, you may have already been working behind the scenes for a year before you even come out and have your first match. So are you still considered a rookie? I would say yes, because of the exposure. Um, so in, in keeping that in mind, is there what exactly denotes a rookie? And I said that I thought if we're going by in-ring work, you have to consider not only Tiffany Stratton, but Trick Williams. And yes, Trick Williams, we've been you know dealing with him and Carmelo for about 24 months solid, but for more almost half of that trick was just an outside the ring guy doing segments, cutting promos, being silly and not really getting too involved in the matches. His real in-ring work has come within the last, you know, 12 months and, and and some awesome development with that. And the same argument can be made about Tiffany Stratton. Yes, she was on TV in 2022, but her big year, her coming out party was definitely 2023. Yeah. And, um, Oh, (laughs) My guess would be is that they were probably both on the ballot last year, probably. Uh, cause I, yeah, because I don't know. Yeah, I don't. You know, I didn't get this issue last year. No. But yeah, that's the thing. Um, both of them got their major TV time in 2023, as far as wrestling. Um, Tiffany did wrestle some in 2022, but um, not like the whole year. And like I said, Trick was mainly 2022. Trick was mainly outside the ring with Melo. You know, he, he wasn't wrestling very much at all. So, you know, I think he could definitely qualify for being a rookie this year, but I, they probably didn't put him on the ballot. Right. Well, and the other the other thing that I brought up in the, in the pre-show was Saul Ruka spent almost half the year injured. Yeah. So we're, what are we judging here and what are we going on? So I really question, and Saul's, she's amazing. Like, she's an absolutely incredible athlete, lovely lady. I look forward to her coming back after the injury, but she hadn't wrestled at least at least the last four to five months, as far as I'm aware. I'd have to look up when her injury occurred, but I don't, in my opinion, I didn't even consider her because I haven't seen her. Oh, it's in April. She got. She oh, got wow. So she's missed two thirds of the year, almost three quarters no. of the year. How do you even consider her? For rookie of what, the year, if she didn't wrestle year, in 2023. What's the year though? Is this 2023? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. It's, it's 2023. She literally well, wrestled yeah, I mean, three and a half months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that seems kind of rather silly, but I don't think she made that big of an impact in those three months. I love the girl, and I think oh, she's, she's awesome. Gonna awesome. But yeah. she's gonna be awesome when she gets back. But I feel like to make it on the ballot, you had to have wrestled the entirety of 2023. Or at least also, most, I mean, yeah, put her on the ballot. She yeah. won. She won. Yeah, exactly. Put her on the ballot. Sure, okay, but it's odd that she won. Yeah. But maybe she's right. a you no know, sympathy, but you know, charity. She got Possibly. a couple charity votes. Who knows? That's, that's <laughs> rookie of the year. The closest yeah. runner up. Uh, the closest runner up, ironically, was, was Ava Rain <laughs> at twenty one percent. Oh, nice. So, and now she was. And moving on. Yeah. <laughs> There's the most improved wrestler of the year. Now we talked about Trick. Uh Trick was the second runner up. I think he should have won. Mm-hmm. I would have voted for him because the improvement was no was you know noticeable and 
we all saw him actually get a bigger role on TV and become a better wrestler as the year went on. Um, so he would have been my choice. Uh, Winner was LA Knight. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, I get it. You know. I mean, if you're yeah. talking, I mean, if you're talking kayfabe, yes, because he was he went from managing the models to getting you know getting, you know figuratively buried by Bray Wyatt in January, and then by November, hey man, he, by November against Roman Reigns. There's some shit to this. Well, and that, what that, Rob just pointed out. There's a real was, life aspect that reflects in the kayfabe here. That like, man, he almost was he on a list somewhere at some point, you know? And then well, all of a sudden to end the year the way he did is yeah. just like, damn. Well, that should be like a most improved booking award, not mm. most improved Something wrestling like that, award, yeah. because he's really he's wrestling like Eli Drake has always wrestled. Right. Yeah. You know, so well, we just we, we well, okay. I, I'll say this: we, we kind of split, and that's not an insult. No. Um, and you know what? Hey, man, he wrestled like Eli Drake. He he does like Eli Drake. Eli Drake's career is how long? Like yeah. ten years at this point. But I think more than that. And Eli Drake has never wrestled the World Wrestling Federation Grand Champion. No. So like he he. There's a break. It is kind of silly, but I do see the the. I see where one can lay out an argument. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we kind of like if we're talking kayfabe, then yes, because again, he went from he went from managing the male models to main eventing against Roman Reigns. So within a year. Again, I think that's that's indicative of the real person and like his career. You know, again. TNA and this and that and then just like ah, I never quite made it and then oh I almost make it and then slept with a terrible gimmick that he made the most of and then you know it's it's yeah it's real life and kayfabe just intertwined yeah but I think if we're now if we're talking about who became you know who made the most improvement at doing their job then I would go with yeah that. it's yeah. hands down Trick Williams yeah Yep, and he was already very, very good at it. He was just like, oh, no, guess what? I can do the rest of it. He started it. He put the other pieces together in 2023, and now here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So next next up, comeback of the year was uh, Trinity. Yeah, I I can't argue that. Yeah, to me, I think, yeah. It it sounds like she, you know, worked her way back into a contract. So, I mean, yeah. And, and the rumors she, are to be believed. She did what when when her and Sasha first left, and it was very obvious they were not coming back. Um, you know, we called for her. We we pushed very heavily for her to go out and show out and show up, and she did. Like she really yeah. went out there on on impact programming and showed the world what she is capable. And and she put on a grand show on a smaller stage. And the <clears> other one was really big in Japan. Yeah. So. So yeah, I think I think yeah, because then she came back. Um, she immediately. I mean, she was the focal point of the knockouts division the whole time last year. She won the title, and you know, and she held it through the end of the year. So I think yeah, I mean, if you want the biggest comeback, I think that's it because she went from not you know she went from 
she wasn't out of the business, I guess you could say, but she wasn't act. She she went from being not active to not to you know knock out women's champion and the focal point of that division. Which, if we're talking about best run and best organized women's divisions, um, right. well, WWE has the most talent in their division, but I mean, we're, t- we're talking about best organized and best run. You know, there are there are at least times where Impact has been actually better. <laughs> Yeah. Impact's, Impact's women's division is very, very excellent at the top, and they're routinely very well booked and booked more evenly among the show uh, than I th- when I when I dedicate a night to watch. They're it's more women's matches per capita or whatever than than any other show I watch. So I don't yeah. know what that tells you, but right. and then she became the 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 queen of that division. So yes, biggest comeback, absolutely. Um, and in the inspirational year was wrestler of the year was Mark Briscoe, and I mean that's for obvious reasons. Yeah, no disagreement there. Yeah. Nope. Who was uh, uh who was else was runner up for a comeback? Uh, or, uh, yeah, comeback. Okay, uh, the runner up. Okay, well, runners up for a comeback. Um. Soraya, Adam, <clears throat> Adam Cole. Okay, I guess. Yeah, he was injured well, for half the year too. Well, he came. He came back from injury, then he got injured again. <laughs> well, that, that's what also, I mean. He's also booked in the gimmick with the world champion right now, and it was very clearly before the injury. It was very clearly supposed to be. He he probably <clears throat> was supposed to win that belt. Yeah. So I mean that. We can say what we want about AEW, but for they are the the second biggest promotion, and you know he was a whisker away from being champion, and he might still be at some point. They're the second biggest for now. I'm going to start including uh, yeah. the for yeah. now because yeah. I am hopeful that TNA right. is going to make enough strides to kick okay, them down well, a notch. I, I'm, as a matter of well, fact, I'm trying to figure out a way to actively do my part in making that happen. <laughs> I'm optimistic, uh, cautiously optimistic, but I will tell you, uh, talk to me when they're not in the 5,000s on my uh, cable guide. Oh, no, I know. I, believe me, I'm, I'm mostly doing a bit here, although I, I am secretly pining for it. I am also very realistic about I'm, certain I'm not going to tell you, though, in the long game... Checkers and chess. Yeah, this, this checkers and chess. Uh, and it way. might not be this next round of TV contracts that comes around for Dynamite and WWE and uh, the TNA now. I almost thought I wasn't saying the correct name, um, but we're back. So TNA, um, yeah, after that one, though, we'll see. Well, uh, let me put it this way. If, if you had to ask me in 10 years from now, in 2034, who is more likely to be in business? TNA. TNA. In business? TNA or AEW? TNA. I'm, yeah, I'm voting TNA. And regardless of what size they are. Motherfucker, they've lasted this long. Tony Khan is not putting them out of business. Period. <laughs> end of story. His, his great thing that he can say that he killed is Ring of Honor. He fucking took the Ring of Honor. Let's backtrack and let's do this part again because this is my favorite piece of re- wrestling trivia. Rest of Ring of Honor are all in the big 
Kumbaya Wrestling Show was bought and paid for by Ring of Honor. It was a Ring of Honor production. It did not have Ring of Honor in the title. It did not say Ring of Honor all in. Everyone treats it as AEW. Ring of Honor foot the bill for all in. Period. So, they owned the rights. And I can tell you that's an absolute fact. Because when AEW started, guys, guess what wasn't on their giant fucking merchandise store? One single solitary copy of all in. They didn't show any piece of footage. They didn't show anything because they didn't fucking own it. Because Tony and, excuse me, at that time, Cody and the Bucks took Ring of Honor for a fucking ride. And then they found the money mark, Tony, who then put them out of business after financing the show that launched them. What a timeline. Wrestling is fucking awesome. (laughs) And now Cody Rose is back and he's going to main event Back-to-back WrestleManias. Amazing. Speaking of which... Ah. God bless. The the most popular wrestler of the year is one... Is Ray Cash's favorite wrestler, Garrett Rumpels. Little inside baseball for you folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, that would be... Yeah. Uh, the most popular wrestler of the year was Cody Rhodes. He got 27% of the vote. And I, I can't argue that. No. The number two was Ellie Knight, which that is recency bias. That's recency that bias. is recency bias. <laughs> oh. What was number three? What, what were the rest? Uh, number three was MJF, which again, that's, well, that's recent. Okay. Bias. Uh, understandable. Okay. Definitely yeah. understandable. I'll let it slide. I approve. I'll yeah, let it slide. Okay. I'm not going to argue it. Most hated wrestler of the year. And this, and this is the, he has the biggest percentage of all the vote, all the voting categories. Is one Dominic Mysterio. What was the percentage? Okay, that's K-Fan. 52% of the vote. Oh, PWI must have been piping in the booze. Yeah, 52%. Uh, uh, second place was Christian. Well, a bunch, mm, bunch okay. together were Christian, Roman, and CM Punk. Okay. And CM Punk, that's, that's 100%. That's 100% shoot vote. Yes, 100% <laughs> AEW marks. For no, punk. I hate him, blah, 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 blah. Yes. That, look, oh, you ought to see how they're turning on CM Punk, man. Yeah. Oh, right? my God. Just because it's, on Facebook, because Facebook is a worse cesspool than the app formerly known as Twitter. Somehow or another, man, you click on one thing, and the algorithm does its thing, and I have, like, my entire Facebook feed is nothing but people who paid for their AEW write-up to be, you know, broadcast over 10,000 people. So I get these think pieces. They have turned on CM Punk, like, complete 180 on a dime on this guy. They are so bitter about the fact that Tony couldn't keep him happy. And, yeah, it's, it's God, what a, what a turn. Like, wow. I, I can't even put it into words. It's just amazing to watch. And honestly, look, they shouldn't have CM Punk in the magazine. They should have Phil Brooks. Yes. <clears throat> yes. That's the thing. That, this, is, this most hated is for Phil Brooks. It's not <laughs> <laughs> I got to I got to play a few minutes, well, a little while of uh, AEW Fight Forever <laughs> finally, and I have a report. GJ, you can sprinkle that in whenever you like. Did, did you get it for free ninety nine? Uh, it's on free play days on Xbox Live. So if you have an Xbox Live Gold account uh, or Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, whatever they're calling it nowadays, in my day they called it Xbox Live, and that was the end of it. Um, so if you have that, it's free for the next couple of days. So uh, jump on there and download it. It's 
exactly what I expected from an N64 wrestling port. It's exactly what it is. It's just, and for all the, it's warts as well. Um, and it definitely looks like it should have been on last generation consoles. It's smooth as hell. The animations are awesome. The fighting is, is the feel of the game is very, very good. It looks like booty. Um, but the, uh, and the entry, it, uh, if you're trying to compete with WWE 2K, you came up woefully short on the mark there. Um, but as far, uh, and they are selling it as a full price, like $80 game, which I think is laughable. But, uh, yeah, it's a perfectly fun little game. So if you're a wrestling fan who loved those NCC4-type games, uh, yeah, grab it if you can see it on sale or something because it's fun. And Cody Rhodes and CM Punk are in it, which is hilarious. <laughs> That's, that'd be worth it for the – that man, I was – where was Jay I? Carlton I was at Walmart or someplace recently, and I should have bought them. They still had uh, Cody and CM Punk AEW action figures. Like you know, out, I like out I in the store, and I'm like, motherfucker! And I had the CM Punk one in my hand because it came with the belt. Oh no! I well, no, I definitely wouldn't have got Phil, but I it, it came, got but I was like, sure. just I I would have just to get it to have it because uh, I think it's a, it's a it's now become a hilarious footnote in pro wrestling history. Yeah, it's the I mean, only reason true. I would oh, buy he has it. the title though. That's true. Yeah, it came, that's the only reason I was considering is because it came with the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. You know what you could do? You could get a little Sharpie and draw a little S on the title <laughs> and make it his little his little non-title, the, 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 the real AEW yes. World Championship that he was holding around, you know, before I should have bought fired. that damn thing. Now we're cooking. I should have bought it. If I see it again, yeah. I will. Yeah. All right, Rob, what else is on the list here, man? Okay, now, um, feud of the year. It was, uh, the winner was Sami Zayn versus the Bloodline. I I can't argue that, even though it culminated in April of this year and there were still some big things happen the rest of the year. Yeah. I can't argue that. But the, the, no. real, the real funny part about this category is, num- is the first runner-up. Is, is, it, is it CM Punk versus Tony Khan? CM Punk versus AEW. <laughs> <laughs> that's god bless oh my god that's wonderful and oh the, and the write-up here is priceless but usually when votes are cast it's for feuds that happen on screen and in the ring <laughs> okay uh then again there was nothing unusual about the relationship between cm punk and aw um the evps and tony connor just some of the people who felt the verbal and or physical wrath of punk during his time with the promotion <laughs> The physical oh, wrath of punk. I read something recently with uh, Samoa Joe. I forget who where he was out, where who was interviewing him, but he was talking about that, and they asked him about the backstage. It's like, yeah, there was a little something that happened. I've seen worse. I've been part of worse. We broke it up. That was the end of it. Like he totally no sold the damn yeah, thing. He no sold it. It was absolutely beautiful. I'm Joe is a gem. Yeah, and look, Joe is the best part of AEW television right now, by the way, and I mean that as a compliment. All right. Yes. Joe, no, I, I nothing but thing, the best but... of that guy. Joe is a star no matter where he goes. Yeah. And I'm so glad I, he's still getting paid. I, I hate that WWE let him go twice. And I wish I would love to see him end his career there and take like a NXT training role or something. But wherever Joe lands, man, more power to him. Get paid, brother. Yeah. And um, 
So I mean, real quick, I have not seen the full match. I'm probably going to watch it as soon as we're done with this. But apparently Samojo versus Hook was awesome. Yeah. And one quick point. I saw people freaking out about Joe kick, uh, Hook kicking out at one at the Muscle Buster. And I was kind of like, that is kind of weird. I don't know if I would have booked that. But then I saw it, or at least I saw a clip of it. Joe hit him with it relatively early and then took about seven seconds to cover him. He like did. Like a full and seven, like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. And then, so like for a character like Hook, after you give him that kind of leeway, as I've always described him, he is a Street Fighter or a Tekken character come to life. Yeah, his special meter builds up, man, and he gets to kick out at one. Yeah. It's, so, and, yeah. And anyone complaining looking about at that, it in context, it it's a little more palatable. Plus, you know, we also have to look at this. I'm trying to look at this, you know, like the hook Joe thing, kind of like uh, Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker. The Joe is that aging lion. He, he's getting a little slow. He's not the Joe he was 15, 20 years ago, you know, and, and Hook is the, the up and coming young lion. So the muscle buster's not going to pack the punch that it did 15, 20 years ago. You know, we have to kind of remember what we're watching here and remember that they are telling a progressive story. And as these people get older, that story starts to play out in towards the end of their career. We've seen it with John Cena. We saw it with The Undertaker. We're seeing it with Samoa Joe. We've seen it with Sting. You know, it's so this is where we're at. Joe's not, you know, I'm sorry, he's not 2003 Samoa Joe anymore. He's still great, but that that guy ain't that guy anymore. And so for him to hit a muscle buster early on and hook kick out at one, the first time I was like, ah, I don't know how I feel about that, but looking at it more in context and after I digested it a little bit, totally fine with it. Yeah, yeah. once you see it actually happen, it's, yeah, Joe's taking his sweet time. He's like, oh, I'm exhausted after hitting the muscle buster. Then yeah. he does a little showboat and like looks at him and points and goes, yeah, I got it. All right. And I'm like, if that's not pro, and then Cook then punishes him for that and kicks out at one. So if that's not pro wrestling storytelling, I don't know what we're doing here. Right. Let me just say, um, that match went about eight and a half minutes. And it was just living proof that you do not need to have a 25-minute marathon, everybody does everything, you know, match to have a great match. Um, It was eight and a half minutes. And they beat the hell out of each other. And mm-hmm. that table bump that Joe gave Hook, <laughs> the Uranagi. <laughs> oh man. And well, then, I, I don't envy that poor kid's back this morning, man. No. Um and, and he did that in front of his father. Taz was on commentary. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you know, Taz probably popped the most. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, Taz probably thought it was awesome. Taz is probably sitting there going, kick that kid's ass. Yeah. Beat him like I wanted to. Honestly, it, it did good because I don't think Hook has been through a match like that where he got where he got the shit kicked out of him like that. Um, so I think it, in the long run, I think that's going to help him more than anything else. It did, and and Joe gave him just enough. Like yeah. he didn't oversell for him. He gave him just enough to make it believable that hey, I don't think this kid's going to win, but I'm not convinced he's not going to win. Right. You know, and, and Joe's the guy to do that there. Yeah. One last defense of wrestling kayfabe. Some of the best moments and character moments for 
uh, Rocky or when he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Yep. So, or in this case, punched out of him. And and I Um, made that comparison last week when people were questioning, supposedly, whether or not Hook needed to even be in this match. It's literally, you're retelling Rocky 1. Yep. Like, it's it's literally the story for Rocky 1, and that's okay to do in pro wrestling. Yeah. And and you know what? His, you know, uh, his kicking out of one of the muscle buster is his going the distance. Yep. Yeah. And, all right, so now moving on. Okay, uh, Indie Wrestler of the Year. This guy is going to get it as long as he's still doing Until he comes back to WWE, I think he's going to get it every year. And that's Matt Cardona. Cardona. What a run, man. Second only to Cody Rhodes in the last 10 years. Probably the best indie run ever. Yeah, and now uh, a guy, some guy who won an Emmy Award is going to wrestle him. And the guy called him out from the Emmy stage from Monday night. Oh, what a great – that's awesome. I didn't even know about that until you just said something. That's that's great. Because the guy was giving his speech, and then he did like this kind of – he was like a, it was a poem or a rap kind of version of his acceptance speech, and at one point he said, "I'm going to beat Matt Cardona." <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, awesome. And so, look, that is Matt Cardona is the shining example of, you know, if you get released, going out there and making the most of, you know, whatever there is out there for you. Um, so he's he's going to win this award every year and until he comes back for the, the farewell tour. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and was there anyone The runner-up was his frequent tag team partner on the Indies, Steph Delander. <laughs> Man, she's making a little name for herself out there, too. The the artist formerly known as Persia Parada. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they both got, hey, they got a good thing going on. They're both of them, so. Yeah. That's what you do, folks. I mean, Get paid. They're doing it right. Yep. God bless. Uh, so next up, match of the year uh, was Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. I, I realize everybody's tastes are different. Different people look at different things differently. Some people look for different things in their wrestling. For me personally, if you had any other match but this, you're kidding yourself. Well, you're not going to the argument here. Well, in terms of storytelling, in terms of work rate, it had every, it had something for everyone. Like it had one, just two awesome personas, face to face, head to head. The 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 full coming out of Rhea Ripley. This is where just mommy ascended, and you know, just everything about it, it was a master stroke from WWE from both of those women. Yeah. Like you said, you can feel how you want to feel, and you can like what you want to like, but you're kidding yourself if this isn't if this isn't there. Yeah, the, the runner-up was uh, the triple threat on the next night: Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew. So, which is a fair uh, argument. Yeah, I mean, I, and also, honestly, yeah. it's those two. I mean, you know, I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, personal feelings aside, I mean, obviously, we all know what I said match of the year was um, because no, none of the matches so far. Um, that we've mentioned made us look around at the end and go, oh my God, they actually did it. Um, yeah. And that, of course, being the end of Ro- WrestleMania 39. Um, <laughs> so that just nervous laughter of just like, holy shit, I can't believe it. Yeah, I can't again, but I can't and sometimes, and that's where, every, <clears throat> that's where WWE will excel over everyone else. They're not afraid to rip it away from you. 
they are just not afraid to just dangle it until you can taste it and then pull that sucker out. And understand, folks, if somehow it's not Dwayne at Mania and if it's Cody, understand that when it gets yanked out from you one more time, I promise, promise, promise the real one's coming very soon after that. Well, look, Cody's daddy lost to Ric Flair two years in a row. Well, he didn't win the title two years in a row at Starcade. Yeah. He lost the first time, and then the second time he won the match, but he didn't win the title. So, you know, keep that in mind. (laughs) But but anyway, uh, next tag team of the year, this is almost like who cares because this was not – it was not a great year for tag team wrestling. And and there were great matches. Like we talked about this again in the kickoff show. There were great matches. There were no real big moments outside of WrestleMania. And the, like no, there was no no great tag. There were no great runs by any tag team this year. Right, and that was less so. Uh, I know where I'm very much splitting hairs, and this is pro wrestling. But and that was less so about the titles and the tag teams than it was the interpersonal stories. Correct. Because Kevin and Sammy are not a tag team. Yes, I know everyone's going to come at me with all the tag titles that Cody, excuse me, Kevin won with El Generico, as if that has anything to do with anything with Sammy Zayn. I don't understand that at all. Um, but in any case, um, yeah, they're not a tag team. So that story was not a tag team story. That was a bloodline Sammy Zayn story. Yeah. So, well, the winners were FTR. And I think that's honestly, I think that was Pretty good for them. You know. It's a lack of options. Yeah. And uh, hey, say if they if nothing, they are consistent. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what again what I said in the kickoff show. They had great wrestling matches this year. And that should be acknowledged. Yeah. You know, we should definitely acknowledge that. And when I say lack of options, I don't mean, you know, there were no other good tag teams out there. It just means there was nobody doing anything meaningful with their tag team divisions. And that's not the wrestler's fault. That's the promotion's fault. Yeah. And honestly, what's the best you know, I know they've had injury issues and, they, you know, Dash has had um, single stuff and things like that. But the best ability is availability. And routinely, they're in the top five of tag teams every single year. So yeah. Yeah. Good for them. They're, they earned it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, faction of the year is Judgment Day. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's fair. Because, yeah. I mean, the bloodline, you know, was swapping members in and out. This year. Right. I, I think if we're going from a what you see on your TV standpoint, and, and I don't want to harp too much on this, Roman being absentee for the second half of 2023 kind of hurt a lot of that. Now, you can give me the middle finger. Right? You're not giving me the number one. You're telling me I'm I'm the two <clears throat> and you're the one. I get you. I, I, I smell what you're cooking there, buddy. But yeah, I think Roman, Roman being less visible in the last few months hurt the bloodline as a presentation of what we see on our TV. Well, and also simultaneously, the Judgment Day were really kicking into high gear and ascending as... And, and they know. were everywhere. They were on Raw. Right. They were they on were NXT. On, literally they were... on all three shows. Right. And yeah, the bloodline had a spat of that where Solo was kind of in NXT, but that was like for two weeks. Yeah. So, and they never really invaded NXT again, as far as I remember. Yeah. Um... No, the bloodline did. They were the second runner-up. There you go. Yeah. But, you Who know. else was on there? LWL. Uh, the first, no, the first runner-up was the Blackpool Combat Club, or whatever that's worth. Uh, mm. 
Okay. I mean, they, they, yeah, I'm not going to argue it. It's, it's a big deal in AEW, so you have to, you know, yeah. at least consider it. And all the guys there are consistently good. So Right, and, and consistently well, working. I mean, how long have we been, you know, ta- telling Moxley to take a vacation? Right. right. Again, uh, once it's whole year. availability, and Mox is always available. <clears throat> all right. Renee, I'm sorry. We just, just hit that man in the back of the head with something. Like, please. Yeah. So next, <laughs> all right. Woman of the Year was Rhea Ripley. Yes. Now we can... Yeah. We kicked this around in the. <laughs> and by the way, you didn't. My favorite way is the the way you phrased that. Woman of the year, Rhea Ripley, and we're all just like, yeah, okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, women's wrestler of the year, woman of the year. Which and I, I can't agree. I think that's appropriate because we talked about this in the mm-hmm. pregame thing that. Um, if we we're talking about woman wrestler of the year, there were. I, there are a few names I would put ahead of her because they were just they were flat out more active and doing more things and doing more important things in the ring more frequently. Well, uh, the one we brought up was Athena. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that she's stuck behind the, the paywall of honor. <laughs> God. And she, unlike apparently all the other Ring of Honor champions, doesn't get to play in the AEW pool. Yeah, and so now if you're wondering how. What am I talking about here? She was Ring of Honor Women's Champion for the entire 365 days. Uh, she had 16 title defenses. And she closed the year. She main evented Final Battle in December. So if we're talking about strictly in the ring, nobody else did anything close to that this year. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But, bell the bell champion. Yeah, from wire to work. Remember, it's of the year. So it's not of the month yeah. or of the two months, Jan- whatever. January first to December thirty first, she held that title the entire time. Right, and then gets, and then she had again all those defenses. And look, if Ringerbottom did house shows, and she would have had a bunch of house show defenses too. Okay, um, but it's just unfortunately she's stuck in Ringerbottom, and she's been doing some great character work too. Um. But, you know, but like, unfortunately, she's stuck in real life. Stuck where she's at. Well, and the thing I was telling you guys is that it's kind of crazy. It's like, if I'm Tony and, you know, I'm a, a hell, if I'm a pro wrestling promoter, I have an ego and I'm going to trot Athena out in the middle of my show to be like, hey, remember that girl that you, you know, had a really cool first championship run with and that was kind of it? 
and you didn't quite know where she went after that? Well, I figured her out, and I made her a champion, and everyone loves her, and she's put on great matches, and uh, I make sure that no one can see her for some reason. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, that's another, yeah, that's I, another I, I Tony Khan head scratcher right there, Bubba. Yeah, and it just speaks yeah, volumes as to how he books his women anyway. And it just, it, 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 yeah. So. so that brings us to Wrestler of the Year, the final. Well, yeah, um, I believe that is the final category. I think. Uh, yeah. Number one Wrestler of the Year. Uh, Seth freaking Rollins. Boo! <laughs> Piss! Well, but, <laughs> but now, see, terrible. Now, okay, so now the, the it's kind of the opposite logic as with with the women's thing, though. If you do, if you do man of the year, it would be Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it was wrestler of the year, wrestler, and he's been again availability, consistency. Seth Rollins has been there. He's been putting on consistent character work, consistent wrestling matches. In case you guys don't know, I'm biased. <laughs> I'm celebrating. I'm doing the pose. I'm celebrating Seth Rollins. I should go grab an ugly coat, something, just to celebrate this moment. <laughs> Wrestler, I'm sure I have an ugly coat somewhere. I have a whole closet full of Renfair stuff. fashionable coat. Are you kidding me? I'm sure I could find something. I have plenty of beautiful, fashionable Renfair coats in my closet. I'm sure I could find something that would honor... Honor the visionary Seth Rollins. My goodness. Well, well the I mean, yeah, obviously Roman being absentee, you know that hurts. So yeah. uh, I, I honestly can't argue. You know who are the who are the other couple of runners oh, up? The runner up was Gunther. That'd be my only other. It's 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 either yes. yeah. It's, it's Seth or Gunther. It's either Seth yeah. or Gunther. Yeah. Um, yeah, wrestler of the year. Yeah. Yes, it's it probably Gunther Yeah. I mean, uh, they both worked about the same number of matches, and yeah, out of curiosity, what was the percentage for Seth and the percentage for Gunther? I'd like to see how tight the margin was. Uh, Seth got twenty-seven. Gunther got fifteen. Mm. I thought it'd be a little tighter, but okay. Who was third and fourth? Were they uh, third? Third was our favorite guy, Will Osprey, at twelve. Twelve percent. Yeah. Wow. And four. Uh, MJF with nine. Okay, that tracks. I don't watch a whole lot of either one of them, but what I've seen of the two of them, I would have rated uh, MJF higher. Uh, you, I just correct. as a total package, I think MJF is a better, better overall talent. And and MJF, a, MJF was AEW World Champion up until the back the literal end of the year. So right, right. So. All right, does that bring the list to a close, Rob? Uh, that's yeah. Those are all the voting categories. Um, Sting got the like the Stanley Weston Award. That's like a the like Stanley Weston was like the original publisher of PWI, I think, and it's so that's like a lifetime achievement award type thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, worth it. Okay. Yeah, not so, gonna argue I, that. Yeah, probably should have got it twenty years ago. Yeah, he could have got it. You know, how come he didn't get it the first time? He you know hung it up. Well, yeah. and I've said this long time. I, you guys listen to this show long enough. You know how harsh we are on AEW. You know I watch almost none of it besides other than maybe some YouTube clips here and there or whatever comes across the app formerly known as Twitter. One of the things that I have been very complimentary of about AEW is their handling of Sting in the waning years of his career. Um, little 
questionable with some of the bump stings taken, but that's on him, not them. But all in all, I I cannot complain. There's a lot of things they were doing with him that WWE should have been doing with him. Yeah, not going to argue that. I mean, he's he's he was my favorite guy as a kid. So, you know, having him get like a literal second breath, like breath of fresh air, second chance, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's been awesome. I mean, yeah. I watch it every single week. But again, it's one of the few things they're kind of getting right. I mean, I wish once in a while he, you know, wasn't hanging around with his idiot son. But um, that's an odd funny. pairing. But it really isn't, though. They make it work, man. As they make as it I, like, work, like but the guy, I, I just—I get it. And it's just like I just don't like the dude. It, if Darby Allen retired tomorrow and went to manage a Wendy's or something, I wouldn't even blink. <laughs> like he just does absent. And I've seen enough of his stuff on the Indies. I've seen just enough from his AEW stuff that he still does not draw me in and compel me to watch car crash down pretty much what's the next category that's it all right well why don't we do this we are going to go to commercial on the back side of the commercial we are going to come back and do a little watch along we are going to watch the main event of wrestlemania 3 hulk hogan versus andre the giant the match that kick-started this whole thing like pretty much the reason the three of us are sitting here on a podcast this match we're going to go to commercial After the commercial, we are going to jump up on the Peacock and get that going. So if you need to pause the podcast, go ahead and do that. And we will jump right back on here in just a minute. All right, we're back again. You have been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network, to be found on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your heads. We are doing a watch along here before the commercial break. If you listened in, if you want, if you jumped up on the peacock and you got yourselves ready to go, it is WrestleMania three. The timestamp on this one is two hours, 32 minutes, 22 seconds. So if you need to pause the podcast, go ahead and do that. Get yourselves lined up. We're getting ready to start this one. This is the main event of WrestleMania three Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Absolutely historic. We're going to start off with some little uh, uh, pre-match promos and some just a little uh, video package kind of explaining the story here. Jason uh, is being introduced to this, as we've done so many times. This is We like to dig back on this podcast to stuff that Jason's never seen before because we like getting his genuine real-time reaction to some of the stuff because he's a little bit younger than Rob and I. He's about, what, 12 years? You're what, 38 this year, Jason? Yeah, I turned 38 last Okay, year. and I just turned 50, so he's 12 years younger. So, you know, this is all stuff that Jason didn't watch. And it's fun to get his reaction to this stuff. So, again, get up there on the Peacock, WrestleMania 3. The timestamp, again, is 2 hours, 32 minutes, 22 seconds. We are going to start this one, gentlemen, in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. And... We start off here with uh, Andre the Giant and uh, Bobby Heenan being interviewed by Mean Gene Erkelin. Uh, you know, obviously Gene is asking Andre, you know, why Andre, why? Because that was the the, the question. Um, so, hey, Jason, if you got your volume up, but I need you to. There you go. I don't. I don't. I don't need a. Uh, I don't need a copyright strike here, brother. <laughs> So, yeah, they're basically the question is why, Andre, why the backstory is after years of friendship between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, um, 
Andre turned on him, and we're getting ready to show that segment here in a, in a moment. And Rob, if you want to take over from here, you can walk us through what we're about to watch. Okay, so this is uh, the reason I picked this one because uh, I remember a few weeks ago, Ray and I debated, you know, over whether or not Roman Reigns versus The Rock, you know, how you know whether it was the biggest match in forty years or twenty years or whatever. And I said it was the would be the biggest match since this one. Uh, and this match was the this was the culmination of Vince McMahon's vision for professional wrestling. Okay, uh, the first two WrestleManias have been in basketball arenas. This was in a huge football stadium. Now, wrestling companies had run shows in football stadiums before, but they would get like 20,000, 30,000 people, maybe 40, if, you know. And then the rest of the you know, stadium would be empty. So, I mean, Vince had a vision of booking WrestleMania in a big football stadium and filling the whole thing up. And this show was that. This show was where he achieved that goal. And it was the biggest, you know, it, the, it was the biggest show maybe at that point in wrestling history as far as, you know, attendance and all. And, of course, there's the kind of running gag about the actual attendance. You know, they said they announced 93,173 people in the building. And no one seemed to have a problem with that until, you know, some wrestling nerds maybe about 20 years ago decided to dispute it uh, because it's a shit ton of people. I mean, in the, I mean, the real number is supposedly like 75,000, but I mean... Does it really matter at that point? Like, are we really you know, going to nitpick a couple thousand people? And then also 93,000 people were in the building. I mean, yes. And but, which is what they always say. Okay, at every event, they tell you how many people are in the building, and yeah, they're fibbing because they want to denounce the biggest number possible. Okay. They do that at concerts. They do it at campus parties on, you know, on college, you know, on universities. Okay. Um, Yes, you you claim the biggest number, you know, that you can. Okay. Right. So it's not that big of a deal. Well, welcome to the entertainment industry. They've all been lying to us for a century now. Yeah. And, uh, but but this show was the culmination of his vision, and so Roman Reigns versus The Rock would be the culmination of these last few years. Yeah, and and I've said you know on this podcast and in, in chat with you guys privately, I feel like this year's WrestleMania is going to be Triple H's WrestleMania three because we are literally watching the passing of the torch, similar to the way we watched Hogan and Andre. Andre was Vince Sr.'s guy. I mean, Andre obviously wrestled the world and was more of like a gun for hire, but he spent some of his time with Vince, Vince's dad, and now Vince's guy, you know, his big marquee attraction, is now going up into the generation in a generational match, a passing of the torch. We've got Vince's single biggest creation in The Rock going against what's been handed off to Triple H, his current biggest attraction, Roman Reigns. So we're seeing a very a lot of parallels with these matches. So I, I see where you where you came to that conclusion, Rob. Yeah, and then I guess another thing I was thinking of was some people have been, you know, saying that well this this match won't be very good and they've been kind of pointing to the Rock's, you know, physical condition as the reason. And it, 
The Rock is in much better shape than Andre the Giant was in 1987. Right. Um, and, you know, Andre at this point, you know, look, this was the match that this was the match that Vince was going to have as his big match, Hogan versus Andre. It was just a matter of when. Yeah. Just and just like Roman Reigns versus The Rock has been the match they've wanted to do for the since the Tribal Chief thing started. That is the match that they've wanted to do. Right. And it's just a matter of when. And so with Andre, if you look back at WrestleMania 2, he won a battle royal. He did not look in very good shape at all. So at that point, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty obvious that they saw how, what kind of shape he was in. Then, and they said, okay, well, we got to do it. We can't. He wait. actually slimmed up a bit from that battle royal to this match. Because they showed a clip of the battle royal here just a minute ago in the video package. Andre had a huge belly. Yeah. I mean, Andre was always a big guy, but he just really had, like, a beer gut going on. And there were a lot of people arguing whether or not physically Andre should have been in the ring during this match. But you can't not book this match. Yeah. And so they, they got to the point where it's like, okay, well, we have to, do, we can't wait. We can't. It's now in. or never. We're never going to get this opportunity again. So, yeah. so, quick side note we've got Bob Euchre out here. How fun was Bob Euchre back in the day? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, this dude was everywhere at all times. He was, what was he, Bud Light commercials? Is that what he was doing? I think so. It, it was I think he was doing Bud Light commercials back in the day. He was on the wrestling show. He was in the major league movie. Bob Euchre was everywhere, man. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> you know, this, and again, this, this is what, you know, this was the pinnacle of this era, this match. And, and so now. As Jason pointed out, Gladys Knight opened the show with the, uh, you know, with the national anthem. Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin. I'm sorry, not Gladys Knight. Aretha Franklin. I apologize, Jason. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to Aretha. Apologizing to Aretha. Well, you need, you might, you need a Ouija board for that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, she heard me. She heard me. Right now, Jay is probably rolling over. <laughs> yep. What the hell did he just say? <laughs> yep. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, so, yeah, and, and so... This match, Roman Reigns versus The Rock, will be that will be the pinnacle of these last, you know, couple of years. And I know we talked about it, but dude, when The Rock came back to do Rock Cena, it was not he wasn't The Rock. He wasn't. You know what? He wasn't Dwayne. He wasn't Dwayne Johnson uh, at that point. At um, and he's just transcended in a whole, into a whole new level of superstardom that I'm not sure people quite understand. <coughs> How cool it is that he actually might come back. If you don't understand how important it is to for that guy to clear his plate to come back and do this, as Jason has said time and time again on this podcast, you fundamentally watch this differently than I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yes, Cody finishing the story is going to be grand. But there's, from a booking standpoint, from a money standpoint, from a history standpoint – there's no reason why you don't do Roman Reigns versus The Rock if The Rock is still capable of going in any capacity, which he is. The Rock is going to be just fine. Look, I love Roman Reigns. I love Cody Rhodes. I, you know, and there are a lot of famous wrestlers that I don't love. There, there are. There's a ceiling to their level of fame. Yeah. And who recognizes them? Dwayne has smashed through every single ceiling there is, and there are people in, you know, other countries and people who it probably never even seen him inside a ring. 
who know who yeah. he is. The, yeah. the beauty of it is, is all the people that are out here talking about The Rock like he's cooked. Like, okay, yeah, Black Adam didn't make as much money as everybody thought it was going to make. He's had a couple of swings and misses at the box office. But everybody's acting like he's cooked. One, one could argue that the Black Adam was a hit because it was the best performing DC movie since J- Zack Snyder's Justice League came out. It outperformed Blue Beetle. It outperformed Wonder Woman 84. It outperformed anything that came after it. So you, you can't really call that a, a swing and a miss. And the guy just signed like a $50 million deal for movies with Netflix. So that doesn't sound like a guy who's cooked. He could probably live off of tequila money. This doesn't yeah. sound like a guy who's cooked financially or who's trying to beg his way back into everybody's favor. This is a guy who was literally is so busy. He's got to try to find time to clear his plate. And frankly, so that he can train cleared because right. of these the, a few fumbles. He's had a few fumbles. I'm not. He has. Let's, let's, let's be clear. Like that. You know, he, he's not hit a couple of home runs here. But, but at the same time, he's far from in the mud. And if he is in the mud, his level of mud is a much different level than my mud. And guys, again, if you were just still cooking at like peak, peak, peak Dwayne level where he's doing Jumanji back to back with, you know, San Andreas back to back with whatever, he wouldn't be able to fucking do this. Right. So we need well, to appreciate it for, for what it is. And it, everybody else on the roster will be fine. The Rock is literally going to take up cumulatively – probably two hours worth of TV time between now and the end of WrestleMania. Yeah. And thought of this today, by the way, Roman either, you know, at, at Dwayne, definitely in front of Dwayne, not with Dwayne physically present, but Roman extending the hand, turning the palm upward and then curling the fingers one, two, three times at Dwayne, the rock Johnson telling him to just bring it. will, Caused my soul to transcend into places beyond gods and kings. And so let me just make an analogy here. They all right. They they did a special 50th anniversary of hip hop, like a kind of a performance thing about a month ago. Okay, and so they had all these great all time hip hop artists, and for one time only, Will Smith, the Fresh Prince, and Jazzy Jeff were available to be part of the show. So who, oh, that's cool. So who did they put in the closing, for lack of a word, the main, position? The main event? Who did they put there? Will Smith? Will Smith. Yes. Yes, correct. Now, you want to talk about Cook? You want to talk about a guy who hasn't had a hit for a minute? It's and, this, it's a good analogy, Rob. That's actually really good. And, so we've got the stare down here with Hogan and Andre. Okay. They're both in the mm-hmm. ring now. Andre's now in a singlet instead of just trunks. Uh and, you know, Hogan's Hogan's already hulking up. He's already tense. Like, here we are. Jaw jacking. The shoves. The and shoves. Then, and then just, you know, that Hogan is six foot eight and Andre makes him look smaller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> here we go. This is the story. Wild. Hogan goes for the body slam early on. Andre falls on him and almost pins him. Yeah. And, and now Andre's just beating the shit out of him. Mm. Yep. Yep. Like, that Man. was just... Awesome. Hogan selling for all he's worth. This 500 pound plus man just fell on me. I tried to body slam him. I'm an idiot. And now my back, now my back hurts. And just for context, <laughs> Hogan was the guy who body slammed all the big people that no one else could body slam. Right. 
That was his that was his thing back in, you know, nineteen eighty three. Yeah, so Big John Studd the only one the only person who slammed Big John Studd other than him was Andre. And he slammed King Kong Bundy. Nobody could pick up King Kong Bundy. And of course nobody and and no one even tried to pick up Andre at this point. Of course, the nerds. Oh. Stan Hansen slammed him. I think Kamala slammed him one pound at one point. Andre was like a hundred pounds lighter. Right, and guys, again, as we say on this podcast, it's okay to play along. That's just like you know, if you heard Jimi Hendrix do "All Along the Watchtower." Yes, Bob Dylan did it before him. Okay, nobody. Cares. Hendrix did it better. Nobody cares. And that's no shame to, to Dylan's version. It's a fine yeah. version, but. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hogan's selling in this is incredible. Like, he's really just making you believe Andre's killing And Andre probably is killing him. I love the uh, the story, whether it's kayfabe or not, that everybody was worried at the beginning of this match that Andre might not play along. Because I guess Andre had a history of, you know, Andre did what Andre wanted. And if Andre yeah. didn't want to do business, you know, business was done how Andre wanted it. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't a whole lot you could do about it. If you didn't. <laughs> you, were you going to tell him no? <laughs> I absolutely love that story, though. They're all terrified. Like, Vince is terrified. Hogan's terrified. We're not, we're not even sure Andre. Andre won't talk to anybody. <laughs> he won't tell anybody anything. <laughs> like, well, Andre, look, you either lay down or you get put down. <laughs> right. Like the adage goes, you sell because you want to or you sell because you have to. Yeah. Um, Man, I, I, um, Bret Hart might have been Roman Reigns' favorite wrestler, but Roman Reigns learned how to sell from Hulk Hogan. Yeah. This guy, there, there, he, 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 for except with all the big, big stuff, he rides the lightning between selling the injury and doing the. You know, the for lack of a better term, the Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Like he's selling it as real world pain, but as he famously said, he's selling it to the kid in the back row of the stadium. Yeah, and it's 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 stuff like this where you, you gotta remind people you cannot like the guy behind what you see on your TV. And that's perfectly acceptable, perfectly understandable. Um, I get it. But one the TV is on and the guy is in the ring. Certain things he did in there, to this day, untouchable. And your your favorite superhero baby face is copies this model. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. He is the template. Like he really is. This guy made the most money of any box office attraction in wrestling at this point in time. He continued to dominate for another 10 years. Ten years solid after this, and then you know once the NWO thing kicked in, he he dominated for another five or six years after that, mm-hmm. and and one would argue maybe well past his born on date, but uh, yeah, the guy just the guy just got it. He got the business. He understood what it took to make the other person look good. And a lot of people, a lot of one of the criticisms he'll get, oh that was pretty slick. Andre went for the headbutt. Hogan ducked. Andre went off the top turnbuckle. That was a slick little I- move. Yeah, apparently Hogan, you know, he knew what to do in the ring, and he also knew what to do backstage, and so. He also knew in the ring what he didn't have to do, True. you know, and, and so so many people forget that. He did more with less, and, you know, guys just don't get that these days. 
Right, which is one of the reasons why I made the points I made about the Samoa Joe match was that they, you know, they didn't do too much. They did exactly what they what was necessary. And Hogan was, you know, he was the he was the master of that. When's the last time you saw Roman pull out the Rough Rider? He's done it one time that I remember. And he doesn't I think do it. He that. did it a second time. I want to say he did it twice because I remember thinking, oh, is this actually part of the repertoire now? And then he never did it again. And uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't do the dive over the ropes anymore. Yeah. No. Nope. That's a babyface thing. Right. Which, you know. Which I, sucks because he's awesome at clearing the ropes. Yeah. Actually, two I, don't people, know, I, don't know how, ooh, I don't know how good he would be now with all the extra bulk. Two people horrify me watching him dive over the top rope for all the right reasons. Him and The Undertaker. Yeah. To see two dudes that size go flying, and they're coming at you, and depending on the camera and, angle. And they're not torpedoing through the ropes, Tope Suicia. They up. are going up and over. Yeah. And here again, just a, a, working a simple ba- bear hug, and Andre, Andre making mm. – so many people did the bear hug, and it looks so weak. Like, I, well, I love the bear hug as a move, but depending on who did it, it looked like crap. Andre's really, he's, he's cinching it in, he's working it, Hogan's selling it. This is this is how you do a bear hug. I, you know who should do a bear he's hug? He's also built like Bigfoot, dude. It's probably easier for him. Yeah. But, and it's also a good rest hold for Andre to, you know, to kind of yeah. protect Andre. Yeah. I'd like to see Otis and do Hogan's a bear hug. And selling it to the moon. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, we got and that's count. part of what's making it work. Another thing, like when when you're when you're in a quote unquote rest hold, you're supposed to move around. You're supposed to fight. You guys, I think he's fading. He is. He's fading. Hogan's fading. He can't get any. He can't get any breath into his lungs. But yeah, you're supposed to sell the the rest hold. Don't don't just sit there. I mean, you're supposed to be trying to right. get out of it. This is a what's supposed to be a competitive wrestling match. You don't just sit there and while somebody's working a chin lock, you're supposed to be as the guy taking yeah. it. You're supposed to be Thinking, how do I get out of this move? You know, he's, he's cutting me off. I'm fading, but I also still need to be trying to get out. And that's what Hogan's doing here. Like, yeah, yeah he's, he's fading. The, he's, he's channeling the power of the Hulkamaniacs. He is. He is. He's the, the kid in the the kid in the the, the the back row. Yep. Exactly. That little kid's screaming for all he's worth to the Hulkster, and the Hulkster hears him. And this right here, because Dave just doesn't get it, is why Meltzer gave this, what, minus three stars? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Idiot. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, and then, you know it's, it's, some, it's some 45-minute circle jerk match, you know, five stars. Yeah. Whatever. Oh. oh, here he is. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There's just enough life left in the Hulkster, brother. So I can yeah, hear you. You guys weren't lying. Andre's in a state of disrepair at this point. Yeah, yeah, Andre's body was failing him miserably at this point. And I think he he went for at least another year. Not full time, but Andre wrestled right. the big shows for another year at least. Yeah, I think um, he did the next couple of WrestleManias at least. Because he feuded with Jake. I think he feuded with uh, Randy. He feuded with um, – he was a tag team champ with Haku for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so Andre, yeah, Andre still had, uh, I wouldn't say he had gas in the tank, but he still kept going. Um, and it, 
if you guys haven't watched it, I don't know if you have or not, but on Max, there's the Andre the Giant um, documentary. They talk about that a bit. Huh? They do a floor spot in this? They do, yeah. Oh, I never do that. But, um, yeah, the Andre documentary is really good if you haven't seen it. They talk about his last couple of years in WWE, and it's kind of sad because him and Vince kind of had a big falling out because Andre wanted to still go, and Vince was like, he can't, you know? And Andre felt differently, and I guess their last words to each other were not very friendly. Vince, at least in the documentary, had a great deal of regret over that because they never – you know, Vince has managed to kind of reconcile, as Andre posted himself, Vince has managed to reconcile oh, with most. He never reconciled with Andre. Right. Never. Got really it. good documentary if you haven't seen it. That is actually where the uh, Vince McMahon meme of him crying comes from. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Because they ask him about Andre and he's like, you know what, I, I can't. And so and that that's who he's talking about. By the way, when he you see the other half of that meme, and he was crying and sniffles, and then he just looks and says he was yeah. special. That's Andre. Yeah. So that is the type of this bump from Hogan was awful. <laughs> that well, it's like if you're not going to take the bump and make it look good, don't even attempt the spot. Yeah. That, that's my only complaint with this whole thing is that floor right. bump where they where they pull it up. It's obviously that 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 floor's hard. You don't want to take that bump, but if you're not going to take it and take it, don't even do the spot. Yeah, don't tease. Again, I don't see. Oh, Andre went for the big boot, missed. Hogan ducked it. Here we go. And so the so the the thing this match was he couldn't he. He couldn't knock Andre off the street no matter what he did, and here he finally does it. Yep. And and now, now I think now Jason may be a couple out. seconds ahead of us. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I'll pause for a second. Sorry. Just to kind of So he's starting to hulk up. Yep. And now he didn't do it. This is the first time he hulked up the whole match where he did the full hulk up here. And there it is. That's the move. That was the place. whole match in a nutshell, right there. And you see and the whole place going crazy. Yep. Over yep. a simple Everyone's... box. And that was Cause, it. Because that was your third crossroads. That was your, you know, spear. That was your whatever. Everyone knew that was it. Yeah. And you know, he didn't have. They didn't have to do. He didn't have to do a ten cartwheels and you know. No. Three sixty. You know, didn't have to drop six legs. <clears throat> didn't you know? Didn't have to hulk up four times. Nope, that just it. It was a body. We worked the whole match to can he slam him? He finally slams him after taking a you know ten minute ass whipping, and we take it home. And you know, good triumphs over the bastard friend. Absolutely awesome. And just looking back at this, you still you, you watch it and you get it. Like you really get where Vince was going with this, and you understand why the business went the way it was because it just that it was. He knew it was you know theater and pyro theater with pyro. Yeah, I think Vince more than anyone else in the history of the business understood what the business could be by understanding what the business was. 
and, and so many people take the wrestling part of it so seriously and and it sh- you should to align like you really do want to go out there and make sure that what you're doing looks believable i i firmly stand by that being a guy who's been in the ring being a guy who when i was learning to do it wanted it to look like it was supposed to look like that was important to me i want the moves to look legit i don't want anybody to look at what i'm doing and say god that looked fake but at the same time the most important aspect of it is the show and you've got to be able to ride that line between making your shit look good and putting on a good show. And so many guys just can't do both. Some people are good yeah, at putting on a really good show. Some people are awesome at performing the wrestling moves. The lightning in a bottle is finding someone who can do both. It's like I said about his selling. I mean, he, he sells it in that cartoon Dolph Ziggler way, but then you look at his face and you listen to what he's doing and you see everything else. And you're like, dude, this guy's in pain. So yeah. it's it's a it's yeah. a t- ten year old me bought into this. Like ten year old me was oh, like, yeah. God, Andre's killing him. Yeah. Uh, oh, dude, when I saw that face when it was on the end of Sting's bat, I was like, Fuck yeah, let's go! <laughs> oh, we, kick, uh, that, we, kick Hollywood's ass. We have some breaking news. Oh, oh, breaking news! Is Moxley bleeding? No. Oh. That was that would that would have been yesterday. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yeah, that's crazy. right. That's right. We record on Thursday now. On. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Kazuchika Okada will be leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling after the conclusion of his contract on January thirty first. Oh wow. boy! So he will not be in the Rumble. Um, well, um, I, I guess potentially he could be. No, potentially they yeah, can work something out for him well, of all people. Uh, well, because. There's been some reporting about Trinity on that note also because supposedly she has some dates that go beyond the Rumble date. So she may not be in it either, even though we all are assuming that she's coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't, but we, you know, but I mean, we won't know until it happens. Uh, there's no reason why both of them couldn't be in the Rumble matches and then go and then go back and do their dates. <laughs> yeah. No, as long as WWE clears it, they'd, they'd be free to do it. Yeah, you know, I guess they'd have to clear it with their current employer, too. I was reading something. Uh, well, when they brought Mickey James back for the Rumble, what was it, last year? It was 2022. Yeah. 2022. When they brought Mickey James back, she was doing an interview. And, and she was basically. Let's let's remind folks, she was wearing the belt and she was, credited she was the as knockout champion. champion at the time. Yeah. And they yeah, announced her as the knockout champion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they told her at the time, and she's talked about this in an interview, that when they contacted her, they're like, you know, this these days it really aren't that the boundaries are down. It's basically what they were saying. The walls are down. WWE is open to at least exploring business opportunities with other people. And, you know, we saw that with Mickey James. I think that may have been the, the knocking of the door and something that I didn't know just because I don't follow it that closely i guess scott demori is hugh morris right uh and well, that what ray cash said last week on this show i don't think so I no. don't know the okay well that's i thought ray cash said that i have to go back and listen to the episode but still i i think they've got not a working relationship with impact but i it would not shock me if they have an open door kind of communication well, you have to look at it this way. I mean, at least in terms of how you would look at that policy, in terms of how we don't play in other people's sandboxes and we keep to our own sandbox and all that stuff. Well, then you have the, your upstart competition on the other cable channel 
figuratively being the gateway to all of these other promotions and whatnot because, you know, they have Ring of Honor, you know, partnering with them before they gobbled them up. And then uh, they did work with New Japan. They did work with TNA, uh, Impact at the time. And so wouldn't you go, no, 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 no. We are the big dance. You guys are auditioning for the big dance and we are the big dance. So let's let's reestablish things here. Um, because at that, you could argue that, you know, AEW was the top of that food chain. So, um, yeah, I could totally understand they're more, at least, at least the pickup, maybe not open door policy, but pick up the phone. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, uh, we said before, you know, TNA, they, they're not, they're not a threat, right? They, they, they stay, they, you know, they stay in their corner of the street. So it's not that big of a deal to, you know, to do each other a solid every now and then. Because, like, they've, you know, they've freely given WWE footage at times for people like AJ Styles, you know, to put in some of their packages or whatever. Yeah. So, so and I mean, they haven't... I think been... they... Well, not that she's a... Not that she's a, a... Anything to do with them now, but they've interviewed Dixie and things like that, so... Yeah, so... For specials they, on the networks. So, I mean, they, yeah. they clearly have a, you know, hey, we don't have no problem with you, you don't have no problem with us kind of relationship if nothing else um right but um so kind is now my guess just a like you wouldn't be getting this kind of announcement if he was going to show up in the root beer show right no think, um because you wouldn't you wouldn't have to make a big thing out of him leaving because they work together anyway so yeah. he's leaving and, and for people who have jumped fences like they he just Tony just all of a sudden says, hey, we worked with this person in the past. We love them. Guess what? They're all elite now. Yay. Now they might make a bigger deal out of Okada, but I still don't think they'd let it leak that the, okay, his contract's up and he's in the wind. Yeah, so um, he's leaving, which means, uh, yeah, I think you can very well expect him to show up in uh, Titanland. Yeah, sometime soon. Very, very interesting. The next time, man, the road to WrestleMania is going to be awesome. Uh, and the Church Out Radio Network is going to have coverage of all of it news, analysis, opinions, podcasts galore, articles galore. That's the Chairshot Radio Network. You can find all that on thechairshot.com. Go check that out. Listen, like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to support your independent podcasters. <clears throat> including this one, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. We're going to call the go-home here. It's been an awesome show tonight. Jason, I'm sorry, has the finger up. Jason has one more thought. One more thought on Kajuska Okada possibly coming to WWE land. If he does end up in a con- under a contract on Raw or SmackDown or anything like that, and he's in a, he has a two-year, three-year contract, and we do not get Roman Reigns versus Okada in a minimum 20-minute match at some point. We fundamentally fucked up. We're in the wrong timeline. We need to go back. Because that's like a sliding doors type match that we talk about three or four years ago, two or three years ago, etc. And then you kind of go, yeah, but it'll probably never happen. So now that he's in the wind, at least, I want to put that out into the atmosphere. All right, you heard it here on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, again, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. Going to wrap back around the room here. Jason, sir, fun show. This was fun. I like this tonight. 
God, sliding doors is such an old reference. Do you think even people get people get that? Nobody gets that. I don't even get that. It was a movie, oh, I think, a, right? Yeah, it's about like alternate, you know, what ifs and alternate okay. timelines. I, like, I thought so. I just sliding. never watched it. So I got the reference. It's an, old, it's an older movie. It's more on your you two's timeline than it is mine. Damn, you just called me old. I'm, gonna, I, I'm moving on from Jason from the Rob the Genius podcast. <laughs> Mr. Rob, fun show tonight, sir. I had a good time. Thank you. And uh, I very much want to see the Okada Bucks raining down at WrestleMania when he comes to the ring. Oh, God, the Rainmaker entrance would be amazing at WrestleMania. That, that's custom made for WrestleMania. And keep, keep the music, Hunter. Yes, keep the music. Yeah. And again, the man with the award wing and holy beard, DJ, you've been listening to us. We have been enjoying entertaining you, and I hope you've been enjoying the same. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring, and we're out of here until next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.